radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh to one and all Juma Mubarak, Juma Kareem on this Thursday evening. And welcome to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Serial with myself, Shafiq Siddiq, Budanazim Peterson doing technicals, and my honored guest in studio, inshallah. The program being Salah Queries. You may send us your questions, your queries with regards to the Salah. And uh, inshallah, my special guest would uh, try and do justice to that, inshallah. Salah Queries being the program whereby you have had uh, many queries with regards to Salah and over the years you haven't had the opportunity to ask or pose this question or you were too shy to ask this question. Alhamdulillah, we've had many people sending and posting SMSs on the line 47913 and that is the line that you use 47913 and post your question and the people have generally posted the question however sometimes they did not get the answer or they did not hear the answer and then the question repeats the following week inshallah so if you feel that a question is repeated every week then it is because of the benefit of the listeners however we have in studio a special guest the uh, imam of the of the Masjidul Rahmah in Athlone, Athlone Road in Garlandale, also the director and founder of Darul Turaf al-Islami and many other titles which we won't go into now. Last week, inshallah, we, we started off. Molana, uh, Abdurrahman Khan, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing this evening, uh, brother Shafiq? I'm good, alhamdulillah, Molana, and yourself? Alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, Molana, um, coming down with a bit of flu, but inshallah, Make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you shifa and keep you strong inshallah. Amen ya Rabbil Alameen. Amen. Yeah. Well, in the last week, um, alhamdulillah, we started the program with regards to sunnah salahs that uh, the beloved Prophet Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to do during the day and at, and at night. And we went into um, the start of the morning when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to wake up, use the miswak, and thereafter it was two sunnahs for tahajjud. Thereafter it was... Um, Two sunnahs before the waqt of Dhuhr, long before the waqt of Dhuhr. And then we, we ended off with the waqt of Dhuhr itself, where we debated and, and Molana mentioned the, the Madhaibs talking about the two or the four sunnahs before Dhuhr and two or four sunnahs after Dhuhr. Thereafter, of course, we did questions and answers with regards to Salah queries. Molana, I think it is only but, um, you know, proper for us to... Con- if for me to ask you to continue where we left off last week with with regards to the sunnah salahs that our beloved uh, Rasul sallallahu did and especially with the month of Ramadan coming up now how we can implement these sunnahs within our lives inshallah Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa barak wa sallam and shukran brother Shafiq for that for that recap so we spoke about the tahajjud salah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam how he woke up and how he spent those early hours of mourning and how he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam connected to Allah and that was the remarkable and amazing thing about him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yes. and his sunnah and therefore the sunnah salah that we are speaking about and the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in general are they are guidelines for you and I. They are guidelines for every believer because we have a tendency to become heedless of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam legislated these acts. He showed us these sunnahs so that by, by implementing these sunnahs within our lives, we are able 
to connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly throughout the day. And we spoke about the two rakaats before Salatul Fajr and what we mentioned over there and actually something that I did not mention that I would love to begin with and to share with the listeners this evening. And it's a very famous tradition. You know, surprisingly, I forgot to mention it. And when I came to Madrasa in the Strand the following day, I was sitting with my teacher and colleague, Mullah Mu'adh Ali, and uh, he mentioned the hadith and I just felt, you know, I should have shared that with the listeners last week. But the tradition that he made reference to is one narrated by either Al-Imam Al-Bukhari or Imam Muslim, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, where the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said that the two rakaats before the Salat Al-Fajr is greater, khayrun, better, minat dunya wa ma fiha than the entire world and whatever it contains. And the, the beautiful point here is that we mentioned that Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to pray these two rakaats very quickly he did not lengthen these two rakaas um, the 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 companions radiallahu ta'ala anhum they would say that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would complete or it was aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha he would complete these two rakaats of fajr and the adhan would still be zinging in my ears so so short the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would make it aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha she said the prophet prayed those two rakaats so quickly that sometimes i wondered whether he recited surah al-fatiha in those two rakaats and uh, despite the fact that it's two rakaats it can be performed so quickly Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He told us that that two rakaats Even if it's done so shortly It's better than the entire world And whatever it contains And I think the real lesson here for you and I Is that if that is the reward And if that is the greatness of the two rakaats Before the fajr, the compulsory prayer What about the compulsory prayer itself? We spoke about salat al-duha And we spoke about a sunnah salah That uh, many people are not performing And we encourage people to actually start implementing the sunnah And that is immediately when the waqt of dhuhr enters When zawal takes place When the sun moves away from its zenith There are two rakaats of sunnah to zawal And we encourage ourselves and the listeners to implement To pray two rakaats of sunnah to zawal Thereafter, we went on to the two or four rakats before Dhuhr and the two or four rakats after Dhuhr, and mentioning that even though the Shafi'i school holds that two rakats are emphasized before and two rakats are emphasized after, uh, we are not restricted to two. The full, complete Sunnah is to read four rakats before and four after. Uh, our Prophet Muhammad wasallam, he said in an authentic hadith that whoever prays four rakats before Dhuhr and whoever prays four rakats after Dhuhr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the fire of Jahannam haram to touch that person. Allah makes it haram for the fire to touch the person who regularly prays four rakats before Dhuhr and four rakats after Dhuhr. And that is such a simple, easy remedy for you and I to protect ourselves from a fire, the heat and the, the intensity of which we cannot imagine. And we continue with our program today and we speak about the Sunnah Salahs of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is not information. A believer doesn't listen to these talks and study these prayers so that we can become informed. It's about how we can implement this in our lives. The companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, the most outstanding quality of them. And we all want to be like them. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he told us in a tradition that my companions are like guiding stars. Whomsoever of them you follow, you will be rightly guided. Ashabi kan nujum. And even though there's a debate regarding the authenticity of the hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said exactly the same thing in the Quran. Whoever follows the companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, in goodness, Allah becomes pleased with them and they become pleased with Allah. So the, the, when we want to follow the companions, we should acknowledge that the most outstanding feature of them was that they were, they are those 
when they heard the advices and the hadith and the practices of Rasul sallallahu ahsana they used to implement that within their lives and with these intentions we speak about the sunnah salahs of Rasul sallallahu prior to Asr uh, there is narrations where it, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam makes mention of the performance of four raka'at and he said in a hadith that rahimallahu imra'an may Allah have mercy on that person who prays four raka'at before asr and if we continue till beyond asr and we reach the maghrib salah then our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam even though these two raka'at are not emphasized he did say that sallu qabla al-maghrib sallu qabla al-maghrib sallu qabla al-maghrib pray two raka'at before maghrib pray, pray two raka'at before maghrib pray two raka'at before maghrib and then he said liman shahum so ever wishes to do so so not emphasized not the most important sunnah salah, but if you are able to do so, at least every now and then we should try to do so because Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encouraged us. After the Maghrib prayer, of course, we have two raka'at, which is also emphasized, two raka'at that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to be very particular on. Um, the time between Maghrib and Isha, and this really requires time. How, how are we with time, Brother Shafiq? We can continue, Mulana. <laughs> <laughs> so... This is something that I really feel is, is you know, there, are, there were certain traits of our community. There were certain qualities that the seniors within our community, the previous generation had that we are just lacking. You know, they, they were, they, there was an attitude that they had towards Islam and they had towards specific nights and certain times that we are just lacking. And we must, we must return to to the to the to the to the to the ta'zim showing reverence and greatness to certain occasions and one such occasion was the time between maghrib and isha today maghrib and isha just means nothing to us any longer a guy many a times we're still traveling home from work at that time if as far as possible i should not be traveling during the time between maghrib and isha as not a time for me to be Watching TV is not a time for me to be watching movies. It's not a time for me to be to be having a chit chat here and there. The time between Maghrib and Isha, the seniors used to pay a lot of attention in that time and keeping it awake with acts of worship. And 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 I, I truly, truly ask of our listeners that those of us who have our families and within our homes create environments of salah and tilawatul Quran between Maghrib and Isha. We must change our attitude. Yesterday, last night, we had our weekly program of salawat in the home of our Honorable Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriels, and he was mentioning a very beautiful thing, if, if, I, if I may share it with our listeners this evening. His son, my very good friend, Hafiz Muhammad Zainuddin Gabriels, returned on Tuesday from from a studying a year in the blessed city of Tarim in Hadramaut under Sayyidi Alama al-Habib Umar bin Muhammad bin Salim bin Hafiz and he was relating to his father some of the practices of the people of Tarim and Sheikh Ibrahim in turn was relaying this to us and one of the things that he mentioned and we are now Thursday evening we entered the, the, the day of Jummah entered because the night precedes day but uh, the, the, the thing that Zainuddin was mentioning to his father, Shah Ibrahim, and you know, Shah Ibrahim was mentioning to us that the people in Tarim, they would consider somebody by the time Asr enters on a Thursday, the person who did not iron his white top for the following day, Jumu'ah, is considered somebody that, has, that is not attaching enough importance to the day of Jumu'ah. Okay. If you're not preparing for Jumu'ah, by the very latest Asr on a Thursday, you're not taking Jumu'ah seriously. 
you know and as Sheikh Ibrahim was really driving that point home and beautifully he said that once upon a time the people in the Cape they used to prepare for Jumu'ah for the very least after Maghrib on a Thursday evening they would begin with the cutting their nails and they would take their showers and they would prepare their clothing and they would start with the A'mal and start with the Tilawatul Quran and Suratul Kaf and all these beautiful things and you know our community a Thursday evening used to be a community of dhikr most families most families would be reciting the Ratib of Imam Abdullah bin Alawi al-Haddad better known as the, the Ratib al-Haddad locally most families would be engaged in the Hajjats and most family would be, families would be part of some dhikr yeah, and there that's all preparation and that's all being part and experiencing and attaching importance to the to the to the day of Jumu'ah. And similarly, since we're speaking about the time between Maghrib and Aisha, they used to keep that time awake with different acts of worship. And I, I really feel that we need to, we must, our community does not have an option over here. If we're going to continue taking for granted certain nights and certain occasions and certain events, religious events, and just neglect them, then the, the, the essence and the core, that spirituality that exists within our, within our communities, we're just going to lose it altogether. And thus, from the from the practices of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, and the, I'm going to mention the Salat, the Salatul Awwabin, the 6 to 20 raka'at of Salatul Awwabin that should be performed between Maghrib and Aisha. And yes, I know that there are going to be those who criticize the hadith of Salatul Awwabin and say that the, the tradition is weak. But we, we must keep in mind that the likes of Shawkan and others have stated that there are so many ahadith that speaks about Rasul wasallam praying salah between Maghrib and Aisha that Praying excessive salah between Maghrib and Isha is something that cannot be denied at all, Shokan and others have stated. And from the beautiful traditions, even the week that has been narrated regarding performing six raka'ahs between Maghrib and Isha, is that one way the Prophet wasallam is believed to have said that whoever prays six raka'ahs between Maghrib and Isha, that person will get the reward of 12 years of worship from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 12 years! Twelve years. If I was to do it for if I was to do it for three nights, then I get more reward than my entire life. Because three nights would come to twelve, twenty four, thirty six and that's older than what I am. Even though I'm not going to share with you what my age is, but uh, that's older than what I am. So if I was to be punctual in praying six rakaats or salatul awabin for three consecutive nights in nights in a row, I get the ibadah of being my whole life plus an ibadah. And if I was to do it for four nights, what about five? What about ten? What about one month? What if I engaged my entire life by reading six rakaats of Salatul Awwabin between Maghrib and Aisha? What can be greater than that? How can that ever be compared to some television program that I want to watch or some, I don't know, whatever people are doing between Maghrib and Aisha? May Allah grant you and I steadfastness. Amen. May we attach importance to this time. May we attach importance to this prayer. May Amen. we be regular in praying the Salatul Awwabin. And, and this was the, the practice of, of the pious. This Salatul Awabin that you've just mentioned now, um, can we just dwell into the, the meaning of Salatul Awabin, the purpose of it, and um, why people can implement it, inshallah? Now, so we spoke about the virtues, a, a literal translation of Salatul Awabin, and Awab is someone who constantly turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, turns to Him seeking forgiveness, turns to Him seeking in, in, in repentance. You know, so even even the name that has been given to the prayer, it speaks about a person who is constantly trying to 
to to to to attain Allah's mercy. It speaks about one who is constantly trying to attain forgiveness from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And the beautiful thing is that. The, the pious of this ummah, they were very particular in praying the Salat al-Awabin. I remember that I accompanied our teacher, uh, Sayyid Alama Habib Umar, in uh, UK, and one, one, one of his tours to the UK was with him. And we had a program at some hall between Maghrib and Aisha. And uh, the Salah facility in that particular hall was very small, which meant, meant that we had to have Salat al-Maghrib performed three or four different jamaas because the, the room that was allocated for Salah was just too small to accommodate everyone that was present. And uh, because... Uh, uh, there were jamaahs waking, waiting. We prayed Salatul Maghrib, and as soon as possible, we had to leave the room to create space for others. And then we were walking back to the to the sala, to the room where the lecture was being conducted and given. And all of a sudden, just under some staircase, I found that Habib Umar stopped, took his shawl off his shoulder, threw it open, and prayed six rakats of Salatul Awwabin. So even though he was a traveler, even though there was a lecture, an audience waiting on account of a lecture that they had to conducted, but if one attaches importance to salah, you're going to make an excuse, find a place, even if it's under a staircase, to pray those six rakats. May Allah grant us that we develop a similar attachment to praying and standing before Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The, the words of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are just something that we need to remind ourselves about all the time. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that, that Allah has placed the coolness of my eyes in prayer. And we need to strive for that. May Allah place the coolness of our eyes in standing before Him. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Well, you know, we've spoken about um, the time period from after the war until Maghrib and after between Maghrib and Isha, inshallah. We've ended off with Salatul Awabin. Um, we're going to go for an ad break, inshallah. When we come back, there are a few questions. And uh, inshallah, uh, hopefully Molana can do justice to that. The, the program is Salah Queries. And you may send your SMSs to 47913, inshallah. With regards to um, the topic that Molana has just mentioned, the Sunnah Salahs that is pertinent and can be implemented in one's life, especially with the, the time of Ramadan starting. So send us your questions on 47913. We'll be back after the break. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM stereo with your host Shafiq Sadiq. Salah queries is the topic of this Thursday evening and Budana Zim Peterson doing technicals for us. In studio we have Mulan Abdurrahman Khan, the Imam of the Masjidul Rahma in Gates in Garlandale, not Gatesville. Well, now we've spoken about um, some of the sunnahs that our beloved Prophet Nabi Muhammad وسلم, implemented and did within his lifetime and how we can do the same, inshallah. Um, well, now I would like to continue on that. Just to conclude with the sunnahs of Rasul uh, we're moving on to the waqt of Isha. There are those that uh, have recorded that one should pray two raka'ats before the Salatul Isha prayer. And that is taken from a general hadith where the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Bayna kulli salatun, between every two adhans, referring to the actual adhan, and the qama, there is a set of two raka'ats of salah. Uh, there is no specific hadith from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where 
it has been narrated that before Isha he prayed two rakats of salah. However, one can take from the generalness of the, the generality of the report that between every two adhans there is a salah, that we pray two rakats of salah before the Isha salah, uh, two rakats of salah before the Isha salah, and then of course after the Isha salah there is another two rakats of emphasized prayers, and after that we all know that uh, we went to the Tahajjud prayer and the Witr and we spoke about that last week. There's something very quickly that I would love to share with the with the listeners and uh, I feel this is something very important and it's something that our teacher Mullah Taqaran on many occasions have placed much emphasis on and that is our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he actually encouraged us to pray our Sunnah Salah in our homes, you know. And he said that do not do not let your homes be uh, do not let your homes resemble graveyards by you not praying salah within your homes. And for that reason, uh, many of our scholars, they've stated that at times it would be more preferable for one to pray the sunnah salahs that we mentioned uh, this week and last week within our homes. And uh, they have also stated that the person who is in the masjid and then he doubts, if I'm going home, will I pray my sunnah salah, yes or no? They've stated that it's preferable for him to pray his sunnah salah in the masjid, you know, fearing that when he reaches home he might not pray that sunnah salahs. However, the, the point that I was coming to and the point that our teacher Manataha uh, mentioned on, on more than one occasion was that sometime we should just take the risk. Even though you stand a chance of not praying that salah when you reach home, take the risk and remember that the Prophet wasallam said that do not make your homes resemble graveyards. And I think with that I would just want to just want to conclude and ask and, and, and ask of ourselves and our listeners that that just imagine that a home in salah is not prayed is similar to a graveyard, meaning it's dead. There's no life in such a home. And therefore we should try to be as particular as we can in praying sunnah salah within our home. Encourage our wives, encourage our children, our daughters. You know, our home should just become, our home should become sources of light on account of the salah and prayer that takes place therein. Well, you know, on that point um, with regards to you know, special sunnah salahs, performing it at home, not making the house a graveyard. Um, can some of these sunnahs be done as a uh, um, in a jama'an salah at home? Or is it better to do it um, individually? No, I think that's a, it's a, it's a very good question and it's a question that is asked uh, it's asked a lot, especially with regards to the Salat al-Tahajjud. Can it be prayed in Jama'ah? The the preferred position within the Shafi'i school with regards to all these Sunan Salah, Sunnah Salahs that we spoke of, is that they should be prayed individually. However, any Sunnah Salah is permitted within the Shafi'i school to pray it in Jama'ah, in a group, even though it's not necessarily more preferable. Um, I think at times when we take our situation into consideration, especially when it comes to the likes of Salat al-Tahajjud, and this could apply to other salahs as well. When we find ourselves in a situation where people are going to be encouraged, and I think we did mention this last week, where people are going to find take encouragement when they're praying salah together in a group, then this is something that we should try to implement. And uh, perhaps it, it should be used as a springboard to get the person attached to a particular particular salah, such as the salah to tahajjud. So he becomes so used to praying salah to tahajjud in a group that even when the jama'ah or the group is no longer there, he'll just continue doing it by himself. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Uh, we, we are on the topic of salah queries. We have a few questions on the SMS line. And we are speaking to Mawlana Abdurrahman Khan. Mawlana, the first question that comes to mind, um, that comes through is uh, one that came through 
previous weeks as well. Uh, the person says that they leave home. They have to leave home at a certain time in the mornings because they drive school children. Can they perform Fajr Salah five minutes before the actual Adhan goes? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Uh, the important thing is that the five minutes before the Adhan goes. Yeah. Khair, I misunderstood the question from the beginning. So, Salah is something that Ibadah in general in general, one cannot do perform an ibadah before its prescribed time, which means that praying Fajr Salah five minutes before the adhan goes is not going to be acceptable and won't be allowed and won't be permitted. However, the person that is uh, driving taxi over here or driving school children, Salah is such an easy thing and we make it so difficult for ourselves unnecessarily. I remember once upon a time, uh, your brother Mona Irshad, he had a put a presentation together that had so many beautiful photos and if you were to go onto Google just if you see the places where Muslims would make salah at times it's just so beautiful and you could actually create your own photo when you find yourself on the road on the pavement in traffic wherever you find yourself salah is going to take you nothing more than three minutes and why do we have to be ashamed I'm going to be praying to Allah I'm going to be connecting to Allah and you, 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 you're praying salah wherever you find yourself. Wherever you find yourself is going to be such a beautiful form of da'wah. It's going to touch so many hearts. So many Muslims might see you and they may, ju- they may just take encouragement and start praying with you. I remember and I recall that there were a group of brothers in Jama'a once and they were walking through one of, the, one, of the, one, of the, one of the towns on the outskirts of our city and they stopped somewhere and they prayed salah in Jama'a. And a a white lady came up to them and she said, you know, that last night I had a dream and I saw people wearing white thobes, bowing and prostrating. And now I find myself in front of you and I believe this must be a sign from God, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And eventually she embraced Islam. Why why are we ashamed? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might be using us to, to spread this beautiful deen. So my circumstance doesn't allow me to remain at home for Fajr, but... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the whole earth a masjid for us. Well, another next question that came in from last week is that the, uh, the, the guy comes into the madrasa, or into the mosque. There is one shaf of musallis and the imam leading, but the shaf is full. So there's no place for that musalli to, 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 to squeeze in. Where should he start um, in the, the second shaft and uh, what is the, the procedure inshallah? Uh, to the to the best of my knowledge, um, what is actually required is that you are supposed to draw somebody from the first off to come and join you in the second off. The problem we have with that particular masala is that not many people are aware of it. So if you're going to be trying to attract and bring somebody into the second off, that person might not know. He might even take offense. And some of the videos that we saw going around once upon a time, there were even some fighting taking place. But you know, we believe that was all an all an act, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows best. Uh, it would be ideal for you to stand. Uh, directly behind the imam so where the imam finds himself you start the second soft from there and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best I, I, I would ever I ever would, would love just to double check that for you and uh, if I happen to be incorrect I'll refer back to brother Shafiq to to notify our listeners inshallah inshallah Malena you've spoken about the Thursday evening of our forefathers how they prepared themselves for the the, the day of Jummah especially and um, a question that that has come in on the SMS line as well as um, how our forefathers used to practice. And many times we used to hear the statement or the phrase, you cannot go to bed if you haven't 
prayed Salatul Witr. And on that statement, Molana, coupled with the, the question that has come in, the, uh, the, the listener wants to know, if I perform um, Witr, is it compulsory? And how many rakats and when should we read Witr Salah? Khair, Bismillah Rahman Rahim. This was covered last week. And uh, if I was to put the, the statement of, our, of uh, some of our seniors into context, that do not go sleep without praying the Witr Salah, then I would understand it to mean somebody was not going to be waking up for Tahajjud. You know, so they know you're not going to stand up for Tahajjud. You're going to sleep until Fajr enters. And therefore, you're not going to have time to pray your Witr again. In that case, don't go to sleep without praying Witr. I would say exactly the same thing. However, if it is your practice and you have determined that you will be standing up for the Tahajjud prayer, then the best time to pray your Witr Salah is after your Tahajjud. Of course, before the Waqt of Fajr enters the question or asked whether Witr is compulsory or not. Witr is considered wajib in the Hanafi school. As for the Shafi'i school, it's considered an emphasized sunnah, not compulsory. Well, you know, we've got uh, just a few minutes, inshallah, and I think this is um, one of the questions that has come in previously as well, however not dealt with. Uh, when in a taxi full of passengers, on my way to work, with hudu, how do I perform my Fajr Salah in my seat? Um, the, 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 the question is going to require a bit of time. Your, first of all, one needs to ask the question, prior to getting into the taxi, did the Waqt of Fajr enter, yes or no? When the taxi arrives at its destination, does the Waqt of, is there still time to perform Fajr? Meaning, is it still within the Waqt of Fajr? Yes or no? There are several possibilities here. Of course, the question I can't answer. Um, if you're going, to, if you have time to pray Fajr before getting into the taxi, you're gonna, it's going to be compulsory upon you to pray the Fajr before getting into the taxi. If you're getting into the taxi prior to the Waqt of Fajr, and there's going to be time once the taxi arrives at its destination for you still to pray Fajr, then you're going to have to delay Fajr and pray it before the walk leave, leaves after the taxi arrived at its destination. The third possibility, of course, is that you're in the taxi from uh, before Fajr enters and the taxi only arrives at its destination after the walk of Fajr enters, which means you're going to be sitting for something like an hour, 10 minutes at least in a, in a taxi. I don't know if we have such long taxi rides if we do, then uh, I'm going to say one of two things. Um, either it's possible for the taxis to stop so you can pray your Fajr. Or it's possible for you to delay getting into the taxi until the Waqt of Fajr enters. Or you leave earlier with the taxi so that you arrive at the destination before the Waqt of Fajr leaves. These are all possibilities. And uh, the, 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 the question I should appreciate that... All of these possibilities must be explored before you actually come to a situation saying that I want to pray Salah on a taxi. If it's necessity and there's no way, absolutely no way, you have to take a particular taxi and there's absolutely no way for you to pray Fajr before or after, then our response would be is that you pray your Fajr as you find yourself seated in the taxi. But this is under this dire circumstance as I've explained. You pray yourself as you find yourself sitting in the taxi on account of the sacredness and the sanctity of the Waqt and thereafter you will still have to make qada of that particular Fajr prayer. Well, you know, we've come to the end of our time. And Alhamdulillah, I would like to say to you, Shukran, once again for taking the time out and uh, hopefully, inshallah, we can get back together on a, a program again. Uh, to the listeners out there that are sent in the SMSs, we will keep those for next week, inshallah, Malina. Shukran again. Assalamu alaikum. 
وعليكم السلام ورحمه الله وبركاته. That is the end of the program. شكرا متنازم. Stay tuned to the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. From myself, I said to you keep smiling. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi taala wabarakatuh. The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM